0: As they bring the house lights back up, if you will, lift up your hands right there where you're seated and just pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we go to your word this morning, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to receive from you, to let your word come forth. Your word says, you declared, that your own word will never return void. And so, God, I thank you that you, that you minister to us today, that you speak to us, that we hear from heaven this morning, and that, Lord, you... Reveal to us things we didn't know, that you change us from the inside out, and that we leave this place better than the way we came in. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Say it a little bit better like you mean it. Say amen. Amen. Amen Amen means so be it. So when you say amen, mean it. Amen? I didn't even mean to do that. All right. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. The story of Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry and Jesus coming into Jerusalem and the way he came in uh, this is in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. but in John it, it covers it in a way it, it, it quotes um, two prophecies and and or quotes two, two statements from the Old Testament, uh, one of which is fulfilling prophecy and so in quoting those, and in the way it's stated, I thought it'd be good for us to read from there today. Are you there in John chapter 12? We're going to start in verse 12. John chapter 12, verse 12. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, and I Paul's there. What feast are they at? They are at the Passover feast. I, I mentioned during our worship that he, he came in on time. The, the, the point of him being crucified, and which of course is what we're celebrating next week, I encourage you, do not miss next week. Easter is going to be amazing. Don't forget, two services. Everybody say, two services. Two services next Sunday. And next Sunday, during both those services, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So today, we're celebrating he comes into Jerusalem and how he came in. Because unless he came in, he couldn't have been crucified and he couldn't have rose from the dead. And so in rising from the dead, which we celebrate next Sunday, that couldn't have happened unless he was murdered, unless he was put on the cross, unless he was, unless he died, wasn't murdered, but he died, he gave himself up, he died for a cruel death for us, for you and I. But, but here's, here's what I find interesting about this. There's so many things, I mean, you could go on and on, you could probably preach, I mean, most of the year on Palm Sunday alone, and what it meant for him coming in. But check this out. when, When he came in to Jerusalem, they heard. They heard. They knew who Jesus was, what he'd done, and that was a big deal that he came in. Now, notice what it says after this in verse 13. They took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out. This is where we get the name Palm Sunday from because they took palm branches and they took these and they laid them out on the streets and they waved him. And as they did, they were crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Everybody say, King of Israel. I also mentioned that during our our worship, right, that this was the first time that they were declaring as a people that Jerusalem was declaring, this is our Messiah. This is the king of the Jews. This is Jesus, the Messiah, the, the one who was prophesied about. See, if you don't know, the Jews had a problem with accepting Jesus. And still to this day, many have the problem accepting Jesus as the Messiah, they believe in God, Jews believe in God, and they believe in, in the Old Testament, but, but they have a problem in, in understanding or believing in ha- by faith, saying that Jesus came and shed his blood as the promised one, the Messiah. So this was a big deal. Go on in verse 14. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, he sat on it, as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming. Sitting on a donkey's colt. A donkey's not, You know, when you, when you see the Palm Sunday depicted, they always show a donkey. But in one of the other Gospels, like in Matthew, for instance, it, it talks about how they went before this and Jesus told them, hey, listen, I want you to go. I want you to go. And he tells his disciples, go and find a donkey who had never been written on or, or a colt that had never been written on and bring him and the donkey. Because it was the donkey and the donkey's child, the colt. The little donkey. The, the little one. So I think it, it seems to me that both of them were there. I don't know if both of them walked through, but both of them were there, and he chose to ride on the smallest one. Now, why? Why? I mean, he had to because of the prophecy, and of course, he knew that, and he knew what he was fulfilling but but why the little donkey why the little why the little donkey I mean, what, what's the point of riding on a donkey's colt i mean is it just to fulfill prophecy you know in the in the back in the day they they, wanted, uh, they measured horses by hands and they would measure from the ground how many hands tall a horse is and a general would want his horse to be a few hands taller than everyone else's so that he sat taller than them. And the king would want a few hands taller than him. He wanted the tallest horse in the kingdom. You ever heard that statement? You're, you're up on your high horse? Make sense? That's why. They, they want, it, was a, it, was a, it was important to, to the people, in a natural sense, how they arrived. How they looked. Not much different from today, right? Want to make sure you ride up in your right car. And your right status. It don't matter if you don't have the money for it just put it on credit. Just put it on credit, you gotta make sure you roll make sure you get make sure you get the rims right. make sure you get the wheels right. make sure it's clean. make sure it's right because because I mean that matters how you ride up. How you ride up on them man it matters. I mean you got cut you gotta come in black on black. If you can get black on black on black, then you're really doing good. (laughs) It's the status. It's this infatuation with how you uh, appear and how you approach, and how, like like that matters more than anything. Like that like that matters. Like that that's really the 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 weight of it all is how I make make sure that I'm 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 looking dapper and I'm looking man. I mean I do think it's important that we that we wear our, that we that we represent Christ well. Don't get me wrong. I think that it's important that we represent Christ correctly. That we that we look the part. You know, when you come uh, to church, I think it's important you look good, but you don't have to. I've seen people come into church in rags, drunk all night, smell like it. God loves them the same as the one dressed to the nines with the perfect church hat. It's a principle that God was, was trying to show us here in this, how, how he came on the donkey. And before I get too far into the donkey situation, I, w- I want to go back to what it said there in verse 13, that, that quote. I want you to look at Psalms 118. Psalms 118 is, is the, the, this is where they were quoting. They were quoting this, and it says this in verse 25, save now. Everybody say that, save now save now i pray o lord o lord i pray send now prosperity now this is important because they were saying what in the new testament and what do we read in john hosanna say that with me hosanna hosan means save it has several names but that's one of the names one of the definitions of hosan save when you put a nut on it, it can mean several different it, it's it's a way to make things plural or a way to, to emphasize things in that in the, that language. And so Hosanna means save now. Or one of the meanings of Hosanna is save now. But notice when they were quoting Hosanna and, and quoting this this verse from, from the psalmist, in saying Hosanna, it wasn't just saving us. But they recognized that it was going to bring in the financial realm as well. That it was going to bring in the economy as well. Sin now, prosperity. That's why I, you know, again, God is not a get-rich-quick scheme, and I'm not trying to paint that. But for people to say that God doesn't care about prosperity, that God doesn't care about how well you do, doesn't make sense to me because I know the Bible. And, and if he said, save us now and send now prosperity, there is nothing wrong with you saying, send now prosperity. Now, if that's your whole relationship with God, there's an issue. There's an issue there. But if that's, but that should be a part of your relationship. My kids need stuff. Every time I turn around, the preschool, man, they hit you up for everything. Woo! I mean, I know she said she said wait till high school. I don't know if y'all can hear. Wait till high school, but no. I mean, it's part of it. It's part of part of life. Our kids need things. God knows what you have need of. God knows what you have need of. He's not surprised by your needs. He's not surprised by what you're faced with. He's not surprised when there's a change at your job or there's a change in your circumstances or there's a change in the economy. Has anybody experienced inflation in this room? Has anybody experienced high gas prices in this room? Anybody online know what I'm talking about? When you go through life, there are going to be rises and falls and things. God is not surprised by any of that. He knows what's happening in your life. He cares about you. And he sent his son Jesus as a provisional statement for not just everything you need in eternity, but what you need now on earth. And we know that because it says, look, 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 where's it at? Let me make sure I got it in here in, in, hold on. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine, for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he. Capital H-E, Jesus was rich, yet for your sakes, he, capital H-E, became poor, that through his, capital H-I-S, through his poverty might become rich. Let me read it again all together. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor, that, that you through his poverty might become rich. Well, I just don't believe God wants you to be rich. Well, what's your definition of rich? because mine is more than enough. And the Bible tells me it's more than enough. And so, um, you can't, you can't beat it out of me. I believe that that's what God wants for us. When they came, when Jesus came in riding on that donkey, they were literally saying, God, thank you for sending us everything we need for our salvation. Save us now save us now from the economy save us now from what we're doing save us now from. there was a there was a you know what they didn't even realize how all of the 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 things that were about to happen that week do you realize let's go back to Genesis real quick I I I was going to preach this next week but I got it in me I'm gonna get it out in Genesis chapter 3 what does what does God tell Adam and Eve they sinned. He sets them straight and says, here's what's now going to happen because you sinned. And he tells them, he talks to the devil and he says, hey, you are now cursed. You're going to be the lowest of the lows. You're going to crawl on your belly. And he says this to Eve. He says, he, talking about Satan, has bruised your heel, talking about mankind. He's bruised mankind's heel. But man, or there will be one who will come who will crush his head. Be- between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel. Where's where, uh, uh, Can you put that in King James? Is that possible? It says, listen, let, look at actually while you're finding that because I want you to see how this comes together. In 1 John 3, 8, he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose the son of god was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil that jesus came why was the son of god made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil i'm not sure i didn't tell them to pull this in i'm not sure if you can get it but between the different translations what's it saying That, that, is that it? He shall bruise your head. He, capital H-E, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Different translations will tell you that it says he'll crush the head of the enemy. He'll crush the head of the enemy. That Jesus came to crush Satan. To take away what Satan brought. What did Satan bring? Spiritual death. What's the first thing Jesus came to do? I mean by, by him dying, by him dying, it gave us redemption through his blood. His blood, his blood was so important. See, his blood was different. If you If you have a baby, they'll tell you that the blood of the baby comes from the Father. Look it up. The blood of the baby comes from the Father. When the angel met Mary, she said, "Um, I want to make sure you know I'm down with having Jesus. That's all cool. But listen, I think you ought to know I'm like 15 and I've never been with a man. And he said, don't worry for the Holy Spirit will overpower or overshadow you and you'll give birth to Jesus by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God did his part. The word became flesh. Jesus' blood was not of human. Why why is that important? Because from, from this point forward in Genesis to today, our blood has sin in it. You don't have to teach your kids to sin. You have to teach them, no, we don't do that. No, we don't talk that way. No, we don't say that. Josh has these eyes right now. He's two. Have y'all, have y'all met Josh? He's, uh, he's something else. We had two girls first. They were lovely. <laughs> then came Josh. And, uh, uh, and so you can take the verse down for now. It's okay. And so Josh comes along, and he said, he's, he's so funny because uh, we'll go through things, and I'm like, hey, man, because uh, you know, he, he's, he's two now, so we've been working on discipline. Like, like, the games are over, it's time you listen to mommy and daddy. What we say goes, and he's got this look, and so, and so we'll correct him or whatever, and he'll, and then he'll look up like, like, like I'm sad, but, are you still there? Like, are you, I'm sad, but are you still going to make me, you know, like, I'm sad, but are you still going to uh, hold me to what you said? Because he'll climb up on stuff, and I'm like, you can't climb on that. Our girls never climbed on anything. And so I'll tell him, get down from there, you can't climb on that. And he'll start to cry, and then he'll look like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, yes, I'm sure. I don't have to teach him to, to, to disobey. I have to teach him not to disobey. When Jesus was born, his blood was different. His blood was different. His blood was not like our blood. His blood was different. When he went to the cross, it wasn't just to, 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 to die because, uh, yes, there was prophecies, and yes, there was all those things, but his blood, his blood, up until that time, they had to shed blood of lambs. They had to have, you had to have a perfect lamb. No, he was the perfect lamb, and when his blood was shed, it was different. It was different. His blood washed us clean. His blood washed us. When you, if you've been wondering, well, why, why do I sin? Why do I have to, why do I battle this? Why do I? No, when, when Jesus died, his blood washed you clean. It put you in a right standing between you and God. His blood did that. And then in Romans that I read you last week or the week before, it says you're no longer a slave to sin. So you don't have to, in Romans 6, look it up. You don't have to, you don't have to live bound by sin anymore. You're, you're, yes, you're, you're, your nature wants to do that, but now you have something on the inside that says, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not bound by that. No, I'm not, I, no. And so when Jesus made this triumphal entry, I'm trying to tie all this in together for you today so you understand why is this a big deal? Why do churches celebrate Easter? Why do I need to not miss church on Easter and make sure that this is a moment where... Because Jesus died, then rose from the grave so that you and I... When he rose from the grave, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He took... The the Bible says he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So everything the devil tried to do... If you don't hear anything else I said today, I know I've said a lot, and I hope I did a decent job of, of trying to get it all together. The devil came to destroy your life. John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Yeah. Jesus came. First John, I'm going to read it again. First John three eight. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So why the donkey? Why the donkey? Why? You know, it wasn't, see, we need to praise him. We're so, we're so worried sometimes about how people come, about how things come. How's the, how's the finances going to come? How are the things going to happen? How is the, How is God going to make it? how is God going to pull it all together? Like God's oblivious to what you have going on. And you're so fixated. They were, I think that when they heard that Jesus was coming, they had all their palm branches ready. They had all their words ready. They had this celebration ready. And then he came through in on a donkey and they were like, what? Then he went into the temple and threw over tables, said, no, this is not how my house is going to be. My father's house shall be called a house of prayer, and you've made it a den of thieves. And he said, and they said, wait a second now, hold on, I wanted the king, and you came in here flipping my tables around. I wanted prosperity, and you came in here churning over how I was making. You came in here, wait a second now, Jesus, hold on, I wanted this version of Jesus. I wanted the one. see, they praised him like that, and then a few days later, put thorns on his head. Because we get so fixated on the status of things, the appearance of things, the looks of things. But on the inside was the blood. On the inside, where no one could see until it was shed, no one could see, no one knew, What we're about to do to this man is going to save mankind. And that people, most of them, didn't even believe in the one they were killing. And the one they were putting on, the one they were crucifying. Man. You know, I think about all the things that I've gone through in life. And I'm not, I've not had some super hard life, but I've gone through stuff. People tell me the stories and sometimes I just think, thank God I haven't had to deal with something like that. But in the hardships I've had, the hardships that I've heard people had, my, my go-to is that the things of this world are not going to solve your problems. This world is temporal. This world comes and goes. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And when you know that, that whatever's happening to you, if it's bad, it's not from God. And if it's not from God, then my salvation from that thing is in the one that he sent 2,000 years ago. And they had it right when they were crying Hosanna. They, they had it wrong with the thorns and the crucifixion. They had it right with Hosanna. What, what, what does it say in Psalms 107? This is where I have my Bible turned. In Psalms 107, look at this this is where i'm going to i'm going try to wrap up here in psalms 107 we looked at psalms 118 and what did it say it said to bless bless the lord right it said it said or it said that in psalms 118 did i finish not even finish reading it psalms 118 o lord send out prosperity blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord we have blessed you from the house of the lord but in psalms 107 we see four instances of a similar phrase similar phraseology but they were they were praising god and this this chapter, Psalm 107, is talking about how Israel would ask God, they would pray to God, ask God to turn around their situation, and then they would praise Him. And it says it four different times, it says this statement. If you look at verse 6, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. Do you see that? Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. Now, number one, if you go and you study the Israelites, it was their doing, most of the, what they went through was their doing. Their disbelief, their problem with God, their, their lack of faith, all of those things. Yet they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them. He delivered them. That's why I get so frustrated when anybody paints God as anything other than a deliverer. My God is a deliverer. The God I serve delivers me. He, he is, I mean, I, every day we wait for the delivery man. You all ever do that? You're waiting for the delivery man. The other day we had a package coming in. There's new stuff coming in for something. There, and there was a package coming in. And I actually, I was in Florence that day. I was waiting for the package. And I know, because I worked there for whatever, nine, ten years before I came here. I'm like, I know that UPS comes right around lunch. And so I waited, planned my lunch around, making sure we're not going to miss UPS because I need this package. I was waiting for the delivery man. I was waiting for the deliverance of this package and it it didn't come. Two o'clock came and all of a sudden three o'clock came. I'm like, okay, you know, i kept checking the tracking. Maybe they put it in another building. Maybe they left it at another location accidentally. Still says out for delivery. Well, the guy shows up and he's in the truck for like way too long. And so I walk out there and say, hey, man, how you doing? And he comes out, and he's a guy that we, we he's, he's there all the time. So he kind of knows us. We know him. And I'm like, hey, Marcus, how you doing? He's like, oh, man, listen, I, I, I have a package on my system here, but it's not in here. And I'm like, what? Like, you have no idea how bad. He's like, do you, do you really need it? I'm like, I needed it three hours ago, bro. I need it. Where, where, what is the deal? And he says, listen, man, I don't know. It could have been left at the facility. It could have been left. I, I don't know where it's at. And so I'm like, can I look? He's like, well, I'm not supposed to let you on the truck. And so if anyone from, anyone from UPS is watching, I'm not saying he let me on the truck. <laughs> but the package wasn't there, okay? And so I'm like, all right, well, what are we going to do? And so, so he calls the number. He calls the, the, their facility. We go through the whole thing. And uh, they're like, listen, we'll know by 7 a.m. I'm like, 7 a.m.? That's tomorrow. I need the package today, you know? And so they said, I'm sorry, we don't know. And we go through all that. They did find the package, and the next day we got it. But it was late. I, don't, I didn't want my package late. I paid for my package on time. I ordered something from Amazon. I want it on time. Our God is a deliverer. And when you walk by faith and not by sight, His deliverance is always on time. Yeah. In verse 7, and he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. In verse 8, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, you'd think, okay, that's good. I'm glad it said that. But when the Bible repeats itself, I pay attention. And if you go through and you read that again in verses 11 through 15, it makes those same two statements. It makes the same two statements. Uh, Verse 13, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them. But but in verse 15, it says, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. It does it again in verses 19 and 21. Then they cried out, and the Lord saved them. Verse 21, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Uh, that He's not done goes through a whole other. And in between all these, it goes through what the Israelites did and their dismay and their troubles and their calamities and all the issues. Verses 28 and, t- and 31. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses again. Verse 31. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I don't think that God was rebuking them for for crying out to him in their trouble. That's what he is. He's a deliverer. But I felt like what, what God was trying to say through this is, wouldn't it be better if we praise God on time, if we praise God before, we praise God during, and we praise God after, not just after. Because that's what we'll do, man. I mean, we're going through life, and life is okay, and I don't really need God until oops, or uh uh-oh, and in the uh uh-oh or the oops moment, then all of a sudden we cry out, and God comes through, and he saves us. But wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better? Oh, that men would praise him. Oh, that men would praise him. Man, I want to praise. You know, I just I looked around today because sometimes we get. I can get. I can get so frustrated by things that aren't happening, or things that aren't happening fast enough, or things that aren't going on that I miss. What man? Look what God has done. Look what's happening in my house. Look at the. Look how much God's blessed us. But I want the black on black on black. So I'm frustrated. And if God will just give me the black on black on black, then, no, I'm going to praise God. Psalm, uh, here's a, while, I'm, while I'm preaching out of Psalms today, Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise shall continually be in your mouth. I'm going to praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him in the evening. I'm going to praise him when I go to bed. I'm going to praise him when I wake up. I'm going to say, Hosanna, blessed be the Lord who comes. I'm going to say it no matter what's happening. To my, I, I mean, our house, we're going to listen. I, I don't want bad attitudes in our house. I tr- we try to fix that real quick on both parties, on all sides. We're not, no, no, we're not having that. No, we're going to look at what God's done. Look at what God's done in your life. Look at what God's done for your family. Well you, you, don't, you don't understand, I've got this going on and that going on and that. And you don't think God can't deliver you. But God is a deliverer.. Praise Him. Oh, that men would praise Him. It doesn't matter. They, 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 they may have been looking for Jesus to come through. On a high horse and come through and send their version of prosperity and send their version of of this, that and the other and send their verse. See, they had their own ideas of what they wanted and how they wanted it accomplished and how God was going to do it. They had their own ideas. Yet when he came through, he was carrying the blood The perfect blood of Jesus. That when it was shed, it provided everything we needed. Everything you needed came through on a donkey's colt. Everything you need. I mean, God knew 2,000 years ago what you need today. You can't even fathom that. You can't even wrap your head around that that, wait a second, the God who, the God who knew, see, when Adam sinned, it changed everything. In Genesis chapter 3, he said, oh, no, it just, just changes everything. But I'm going to send somebody. It may take him a little while to get here, because now i got to go through a whole bunch of stuff to make this right. But I'm sending you a Savior. Who's going to, Bruise the head or crush the head of the enemy. Who's going to destroy the works of the devil? Who's going to, to dismantle what the devil builds? If you look around right now, you look at the world we're in. God, the devil, the devil's trying to build kingdoms. See, see, they wanted Jesus, I mean, that's what they were calling him king. But they wanted their kingdom. Not his kingdom. They had their own definition of kingdom. And to save Israel, and it was all about Israel and kings and thrones and all that, and high horses. And they, but Jesus had a kingdom. And so when, listen, think about this. When, when Jesus was baptized, he came out of baptism, he fasted for 40 days, and he was tempted by the devil. When the devil tempted him, what did he say? He said, listen, I'll give you these kingdoms. Now, how could Satan have done that? Jesus didn't correct them. Jesus didn't say, no, these aren't yours." He corrected them differently about, about the word, and he quoted I mean, he corrected that part, but he didn't correct them on the fact that. Why? Because those were Satan's kingdom. You know, there's a, there's a law that we live by. Actually, there's several laws. Let me break it down to you like this. If you jump out of an airplane today, you fly up. And you decide, you know what, I'm gonna throw open this door and I'm gonna fling myself off of this airplane, you are going to fall. Because there's the law of gravity. And the law of gravity applies to every single one of us. And barring a supernatural miracle where you grow wings or something, you better have a parachute on. It doesn't matter what kind of prayer you do, and you could pray in tongues the whole way down, you're gonna hit the ground. At one speed or the other, either at parachute speed or at full speed. Because the law of gravity is in effect. And we live by a law. There's, in the Bible, in Romans actually, it says that whom you submit to becomes your slave to them. Which is why he went in Romans 12, or Romans 6, it says you're no longer a slave to sin. What you submit to, And so when the world submits to the ways of the devil, there's a, the the devil becomes their master. That's why, that's why Satan wasn't lying when he said, I can give you these kingdoms because there was a kingdom that, 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 that the world has submitted to. There's kingdoms that the world, they've submitted to the devil and his ways. Sin has them bound. Do you understand me today? Sin has them bound. Sin has them, them bound up, tied up, corrupted, disrupted. I mean, all that the devil wants to do, he can do when you submit to him. But, but Jesus came, what does John 10 tell us? To give us life and life more abundantly. He came to give us life. What did he came to give? He came to provide that redemption and that salvation. That we need. I, I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not. I'm not bound to that. I don't. I don't have to. I don't have to. to To let's just let's just read that. Can you turn over that to Romans six, brother Darrell? I'm going to wrap up with this. What shall we say then? Romans 6.1. And I know this wasn't in my notes, guys, but I want to to read this again. I know I read it the other day. I don't remember if it was last Sunday or the day before. Thank you, guys. Y'all, it was very fast. That's awesome. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Most certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. You know, I've been saying for weeks that you needed to have something in your mouth that that equated to the life that God gave you. You need to walk around talking about the life that God gave you, quoting scripture about the life God gave you, declaring that my God is for me and not against me. You should walk around saying, no, I have newness of life. I have newness of life. I'm a new creature on the inside. Therefore, my life is becoming new every day. The old me and that old life is not the life I have today. And it's not going to be the life I have tomorrow. I have newness of life. God renews. My mind is renewed by the word of God. When I read the word of God, it becomes new and fresh. And I step into and walk into a newness of life. Why? Because Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. That's why Easter is so important, because it ratified all this. Are you hearing me today? Therefore, uh, uh, verse five: For if we have been united together in the likeness or in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. You should live a resurrected life. You should live a resurrected life. I'm not living defeated. I'm not living downtrodden. I'm not living under. I'm not living under anything other than God's blessing. I'm not living. That's not what God's called me to live under. And He came in on a donkey. What should be in your mouth, apart from your confession we've been talking about for several weeks? What should be in your mouth? Praise. Praise shall continually be in my mouth praise shall be continually be in my mouth. I'm going to praise God when I wake up. I'm going to praise God when I go to bed. I'm going to pray I, praise shall continually be in my mouth. I've got a resu- I live a resurrected life. I live a resurrected life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If you can bring up that midi keyboard a little bit. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Number six, knowing this, verse six, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer, do you see this? In verse six, Romans 6, six, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Jesus came and he triumphantly came in and declared, hey, I I don't care how y'all wanted me to come in, but I'm coming in to make things right. I think that's why he got off the donkey and flipped those tables around. Why he went to fig trees and cursed them. And why, I think that's why, because he said, y'all got to understand, I came, and and I don't care what y'all's purpose, what you think I came for, let me tell you why I came. Let me Let, let me show you. Let me show you why I came. I came to destroy the works of the devil. And you can't turn his, my, my father's house into a house of, of, of thieves, into a den of thieves. That's why you don't you won't hear us at Family Worship Center play secular music and do ungodly things. We're, 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 we're careful about that. We're not gonna do anything to, to sacrilegiously de, de, decay what God's built. It matters. The house, the the way we come in. And so then he said, you know what? Or the people, they they didn't like it. And they crucified him. But when his blood was shed, when, when, when when he hung his head, he said, Father, it is finished. When he hung his head, the veil tore. And the Holy Spirit, who was bound into one place, is now free to be with each and every one of us. Every moment of every day. And as I read on Wednesday night, he's in us and with us. He's in us and with us. If you want that today, watching online or in this room, and you're saying, I want to no longer be a slave to sin. I I can't do it another day. When you make a decision to serve Jesus, it's not a head decision. It's not just a, a, a head decision, like, like, okay, I get it, I just, I just show up to church. And I, no, it's a decision of the heart. It's, I, I believe that 2,000 years ago, God sent his son, very God and very man, to this earth. And he lived as a man a perfect life. And because he did, when his blood was shed, it was for me. So when you sin, when you sin, when you go and, and, and you accept Jesus and then you, you sin, you're trampling on what Jesus did. Which is why he's telling us you don't, you're not a slave to sin. Don't act like you're a slave to sin. You, by the power inside of you, when you build up that inner man, you have the power on the inside of you, already there, to overcome sin. Like, you you don't have to say yes to that thing anymore. You don't have to allow that thing to dominate your life. You don't have to allow that, that issue to run rampant in your life anymore. It doesn't. It can't. It won't. Unless you allow it to. Unless you say, okay, well, I mean, I don't really believe Jesus can help me with that. So when you get saved, when you say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to say this prayer. I'm going to allow Jesus to come in and change me from the inside out. When you do that, it's not a head decision. It's a heart decision. Do you understand? Do you hear me online? It's a heart decision. It's a decision that I'm going to change my heart. God's going to change my heart. God's going to change. God's going to change me from the inside out. Not my physical blood pumping heart because my blood's dirty. But by his blood, I'm washed clean. By his blood, I'm washed clean. By his blood, I'm as white as snow. I don't feel very perfect. His blood, his blood washes you. He forgets your past. It's not about your past. It's about where you're going from here. Where are you going from here? Stand up on your feet. I want to give every single one of you an opportunity. If you're watching online today, I want to give you this opportunity. If you're in this room today, I want to give you this opportunity to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. To make him the number 1 in your life. Amen. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer I'm no longer bound by what the devil has tried to bound me with and it may take a while for my flesh I, I pray it doesn't I pray today that, it, that that you never have another desire to do whatever it is you're doing but if your flesh is desiring to do something that does not mean that your spirit was not saved so and in, in, in I'm going to know today I'm going to know in my heart today that I'm saved and I'm not going to endeavor to sin any longer I'm going to endeavor, I'm going to desire, I'm going to live for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to to no longer do these things I've been doing, and God is going to help me. God is going to help me. He's going to help me. He's going to help change me from the inside out, change my desires, and my flesh is going to listen to my spirit. My body is going to listen to, my mind is going to listen to my spirit. Where does the spirit of the Lord live? in here, in here, in here. I, I pray this has made a difference. And you may have heard this, you may have known this, you be like, man, well, my, my, my life's right. Well, not everyone's is, so pray right now for them. Pray right now for them, for someone who needs Jesus. And we're gonna do the same thing again next week, not the same message, but we're gonna stand in faith, believing for souls. If it's just one person who makes a decision, And their life is never, it'll be worth every Easter egg, every advertisement, every work and effort, the two services, all the rehearsals and all the extra stuff we're going to do. It'll be worth it for one soul that's touched by God and it's never the same. But I don't believe we have to wait till next week. I had a, I had a fluffy Palm Sunday message. It'd have been okay, but this is what the Lord had for us today. And it may have been just for one. If that's you today, if you're that one, every head bow, everybody close your eyes, bow your heads. I want you to say this prayer today and never go back. Never have to, I pray that you'll never have to, if you do have to say the prayer again, that's fine, but I pray and ask the Lord that you'll never have to say this prayer again. That today will be the day that you make things right and there's no going back. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare that my past is over in Jesus. All things are made new. All things are made new. I'm moving, moving forward, moving forward. Say this prayer with me. That's you today. I'd like to know real quick, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just raise your hand and let me know, that's me. One, two, three, let me know. I see your hand. I see your hands. If you're online today, there's ways that you can contact us, they're going to put it in the chat, and you can let us know, that was me today. I prayed that prayer, and I, I needed, I needed to make things right. I'm no longer a slave to alcohol, I'm no longer a slave to drugs, I'm no longer a slave to sin, I'm no longer a slave to lying, I'm no longer a slave to cheating. It's not just drugs and alcohol. It can be anything. All right? Now, lift up your eyes and look at me. If you're in this room today, I want everybody to say this prayer with me. We're going to all say it together. If you're online and you need to pray this prayer, say it out loud. Declared. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. It's got to be said. So I want all of us to say it together so no one's alone. Amen? All right. Ready? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I declare Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ came to this earth. You sent him as a baby. He lived as a man and he died on the cross for me. His blood was shed for me. He was sinless, yet he died for me. I believe it. And I also believe That on the third day, he rose from that grave. That he's alive today. That he's seated in heaven with you. And that resurrection power lives in me. That I'm alive. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my unrighteousness. I leave that past behind. And I turn to a life in you. In Jesus' name, I'm a new person. In Jesus' name, I'm no longer the same. In Jesus' name, I'm made new. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise in this place. I want to thank all of you for coming today. I want to thank all of you for watching online with us. It's been such a wonderful Palm Sunday with you guys. Next Sunday is going to be great. Don't forget two services. So you can come to one or both. I encourage you, um, if if you're bringing people, consider coming to whatever they're comfortable with coming to. Meet them. Meet them here. All right. If you're able to serve and help us in an area and you haven't already signed up or let us know. Uh, Sign up. Let us know. Hey, I want to help. I I can come to the 9 a.m. and then help with the Easter egg hunt or whatever. Let us know because we need all hands on deck. Amen. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We've seen a great um, thrust of people who are uh, engaging with us online as far as like social media advertisements and stuff like that. Um, Please take some invite cards with you. All right. We just have the church invite cards right now. Just use those and invite people. It has the address, has the website. All the information is there. Amen? Invite some people. And don't, and you know, also if you can, be a bringer. Y'all, not if you've ever heard that statement. But be a bringer. Bring somebody. But at, at a minimum, invite. Amen? All right. I love you guys greatly. I'm so, so thankful for everything that, that you're doing to help us. Um, further this ministry and further what God's called us to do. My wife and I love you greatly. Thank you to our team and everybody who's who, I know it's a busy season for everybody You're trying to do stuff with your family and then come and do stuff at the church. And I know it's a lot. You're taking Easter eggs home and stuffing them and doing all kinds of stuff. We thank you greatly and we love you. Heavenly Father, bless them as they go as they leave here today. Watch over them, protect them and keep them safe. In Jesus name and everybody said Amen. I love you guys. I'll see y'all. This week, Wednesday night or next Sunday.